And so, as I mentioned, we're carrying on in our parables series. And our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 7. We're going to do this slightly differently. So it's from uh, verse 21 to verse 29. And uh, trust we're okay to have the words on the screen. I'm going to read the first few verses, verses 21 to 23, and then ask us to all join in together with what is a very familiar uh, piece of Jesus' teaching. So from Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And now let's join together in these words. Therefore, everyone, oh, we've lost it. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A very familiar passage, and uh, Peter's now going to unpack that for us. Uh, Where's Peter? There we go. Great. Thank you. Good morning. Lovely to see you all. Before I unpack that, I want to read just another passage, and that's from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and beginning at halfway verse through, through verse 9, and on to verse 17. Paul writes... We are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burnt up, he will suffer loss 
He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. Let's pray together. Lord, we have your word before us. We have the words of the Lord Jesus. And we want, Lord, to listen to what he has to say to us and to build our lives individually and corporately on his words, on his work, on his saving work, and by the power of his risen presence. Come then and work amongst us this morning to make us more than hearers of the word, but those who respond to it and live it out. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the early hours of the morning of Thursday the 24th of June, in Surfside near Miami in Florida, an apartment block crashed to the ground and became a heap of rubble. And it seems that more than 150 lives were lost through the collapse of that building. It was a tragic event, but all the more tragic because three years previously, a report had been written on that building and had noted damage to the concrete slab below the swimming pool and abundant cracking of columns, beams and walls in the parking area which was beneath the main building. An engineer who investigates structural collapse has said it appears to be a foundation-related matter. Foundations are vital to any building, aren't they? And we're reminded by that tragic incident that faulty foundations, breaking foundations, can be fatal. And that solid, substantial and lasting foundations are required to any building that's going to stand the test of time. And this is the clear lesson of Jesus' parable which he told and which we've read together. That well-known parable of the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand. I dare say many of you remember singing the, uh, the song as children about these two characters. And I'm not going to sing it to you this morning. You'll be pleased to know. But it's not for the amusement of children, is it, that this story was told. It's a serious story that reminds us that we need to build our lives on the sure foundation of the words and works of Jesus. Will our lives stand the test of time, stand before all the storms that life can throw at them, and most importantly of all, 
will they stand the test of eternity. But this morning I want to take a step back first of all because the theme I've been given is kingdom construction. And you know that Jesus in these chapters in which we find this parable has been teaching the crowds in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And so much of Jesus' teaching concerned the kingdom as we'll be finding out in the parables. And Matthew describes Jesus' ministry as Jesus began his ministry like this. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news or the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. Jesus was proclaiming that God was now coming to establish his kingdom. God was building his kingdom and building it on the person of his king, his appointed king, his Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's important this morning for us to understand, as we think of kingdom construction, that the kingdom of God is not some human building project. It's not us seeking to establish God's kingdom. God himself is at work building his kingdom. That is what Jesus was proclaiming. And that's the message of the whole of scripture. When God first created this wonderful world of ours, he created men and women to live under his rule and to care for his world that it might be God's own kingdom the place where he dwelt in glory amongst his people. But Adam and Eve and we after them have rebelled against God and refused to live under his rule. God chose Israel to be his people. He redeemed them from Egypt and he brought them to Mount Sinai to give them his law and there he proclaimed that they were his own precious people. And they were to be a kingdom of priests or a priestly kingdom. A people who would live under God's rule and bring the light of the presence of God to a darkened world. A people who would be a priestly people who bring the blessing of God to every people on earth as God had promised Abraham. But Israel failed to obey God, failed to be obedient to him. And Jesus came proclaiming that God is now building his kingdom. The kingdom of God is arriving. And that kingdom finds its focus in the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the king. He is God's anointed king, the Christ. God's kingdom is being built on the works and the words of Jesus. It's being built on the works of Jesus, his death, atoning for our sin, that gives us access into the presence of the living God and enables God to live with us. His resurrection 
which is the beginning of the new creation. And it's by God's resurrection power in Christ at work amongst his people that God is building his kingdom. God is building his kingdom in a world which is collapsing around us, which is corrupt and which is destined for destruction. And God calls us, through the words of the Lord Jesus, he is calling us to come on board with his kingdom project, to be children of the kingdom and to join him in building the kingdom. Jesus calls us to build our lives on this foundation, to hear his word, to come to him for forgiveness and transformation, and to join God's kingdom project in him. God's building his kingdom on this foundation. But Jesus calls us to build our lives upon him and his words, but it's not just a matter of words, is it? The Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4.20, says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God's not a better set of rules telling us, do this, don't do that. Jesus, in the parable we read, speaks about those who come to him and say, Lord, Lord, and claim to have done all sorts of things in his name, but Jesus says, I never knew you. It's not just a matter of seeking to do the right things. It's a matter of knowing the living God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing his power at work in us by his Spirit. And living through that power, so that the resurrection life of Christ is made visible in our lives, so that we become like him. Have you seen how um, perhaps one particular building has been constructed and you've watched it as it's been going up? And at the beginning, you see how the ground is cleared and the foundations are laid. And perhaps at that stage you have no idea what the building will look like, but you do at least know its shape, because its shape is determined by the foundations. Our lives are to be built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, and our lives are to be shaped by Christ. We are to become like him through his power at work in us. What is shaping your life day by day? What do others see when they look at your life? Do they see something of the life of Christ in you? God's building his kingdom. It's built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. His teaching, his atoning work, his death and resurrection. But the kingdom is far more than individual lives. The kingdom of God is to be made visible, especially in the life of the church, the life of God's people corporately. We read from 1 Corinthians 3, 
where Paul speaks of himself and others who have ministered to the Corinthians as God's fellow workers in building the Church of Christ. He's spoken of the one foundation for that building. There's several hymns on this theme. The Church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he's spoken of the way in which each person needs to build carefully on that foundation. Not with hay or stubble, but with stone and costly gems, so that it may stand the test of time and even the day of judgment. God's building his kingdom and he's recruited us to be kingdom workers, builders of his kingdom. And that building is seen in the life of the church as we become a temple for the living God, a fit place for God to live in the power of his spirit. And Paul wants to see the kingdom of God growing and increasing in the life of the church at Corinth. He would want to see our church growing Growing in numbers, growing in strength, growing in grace, growing in influence. Through the teaching of God's word, through careful pastoral oversight, and as we each encourage one another, building each other up in Christ. But this building up of the church must always be on this one foundation of Christ himself. Not on gimmicks or human personalities, not on clever schemes, but on Christ, knowing him, following him, becoming like him and serving him. That's the meaning of our logo, learning to live the life, learning, to, learning of Christ, Learning to live the life he calls us to live. Learning to live the life of service to which he calls us. And Paul's concerned that there are some who've been ministering in Corinth who are not building well, who are building with straw and stubble, building with stuff that won't last the test of time, like the first two houses of the first two little pigs in the children's story, built with the wrong materials, soon collapsing. In this building project, God's building project, we are to be careful how we build, that we're building one another and not tearing one another down. In closing, I want to apply these things to ourselves this morning by asking us firstly, how is your own life being built? How is your own life being built? What's the foundation for your life? What shapes your decisions? What shapes your actions and your reactions to others? What shapes your relationships and priorities? What shapes what you read, what you watch? what you spend your time on, what you spend your money on. A 
couple of weeks ago, Joe reminded us of the words of Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Is that our settled determination and purpose in life? That whatever we do, however humble or however noble, we do it all in the name of Christ and to the glory of Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And if we can't do it in the name of Christ, to the glory of Christ, we shouldn't be doing it at all. Is that our determination in our life? Consciously building your life on Christ through the power of his spirit at work within you. And secondly, how is this, the building of the church, progressing? We can look around us and be reminded of the wonderful refurbishing work that took place in this church building. It's been made beautiful and flexible it's able to serve the community and we're thankful to God for it. Particularly thankful that when the um, pillars of this church uh, were excavated a little, we found there was no substantial foundation for them. But that's been put right, much to the comfort of those of you upstairs, no doubt. <laughs> but the church of God is not a building made of stone. The church of God is his people. And how is the building of this church, the people of God, going? Are we becoming something beautiful for the dwelling place of God by his spirit? Are we becoming a community, open and serving the, the, the community in which we live, attractive to people, so that they want to meet with us, and when they meet with us, they confess that God is among us. Oh, to be a church like that. Are we building the church up to be that? How is each of us, each one of us, engaged in building up the life of the church, the people of God? Are we building on the foundation of Christ? And lastly, I want to challenge us, particularly at this time, on the subject, what are we looking for in leaders of the church? We're going through a process at the moment of looking for a new leader in the life of this church. Joe has retired. We're so thankful for his ministry in the past. We're thankful for the ministry of Paul and others, other leaders in this church who remain. Thank God for them. But we're also looking for a replacement for Joe. And we will have opportunity to give our opinions on what we should be looking for. What are we going to say? It's not primarily about human personality. Whether it's someone who's older in years or younger in years, someone male or female, that's not the main issue. It's all about Christ. We need someone who is Christ-centered, who's preoccupied with Christ, 
who seeks in all things to glorify Christ, who proclaims Christ, who acts as a witness to Christ in all that they do, who encourages the whole congregation in being Christ-focused and Christ-centred. That's what we're looking for. One who is able to build up the church of God on this one foundation and to act, make us all active together in building up the church on this one foundation of Christ who will lead us and encourage us in making this fellowship of God's people a temple fit for the dwelling place of the living God in the presence and power of the risen Lord Jesus and by his Spirit. Let's all then get engaged with kingdom building, God's kingdom building project. For the glory of our God and of our precious Saviour, who's the only foundation for such a building. Let's pray and work to that end.